everyone and welcome to the Bavarian Podcast Works post-game show. Today we will be reviewing Bayern Munich's 3-0 win over Barcelona at the Camp Nou, which is our opening game in the Champions League. This was an excellent win, but a little bit of a muted performance by Bayern Munich, where we had to really struggle to break down Ronald Koeman's 3-5-2 formation, and it wasn't exactly a pretty watch. I'll just tell you right now, I'm not going to recap the game. You can watch that match highlights, and I wouldn't suggest watching the entire match because it was really difficult to watch. It's not one of the classic games, if you know what I mean. Anyway, so let's just jump straight into some of the observations that we want to talk about today because I'll be honest, it's 2.30 a.m. and I really don't want to be doing this for very long. Um, Let's start off with some of the good stuff and I will start off with our defense. Bayern Munich defended brilliantly. Jared Mukano was the star of the show. He was everywhere. He was timing Barca forwards all night. He knew exactly where to be all the time and he was just impeccable on the defensive front. He was, how do I say it? He was just imperious. He was the player that we were expecting to get when we paid 40 million to RB Leipzig. Barca, they had Memphis Depay and Luke de Jong up top and also Pedri playing kind of wide central midfield role, often going out to support the attack when he had possession. And Ubermecano was often tasked with dealing with those three players and he did it with relative ease really. It was kind of shocking to see how easily he dealt with them. Barcelona, they did not really manage a single shot on target, I think, which is a shocking stat considering how Bayern's defense has been so leaky for over a year now. And it's just a good sign that Nagelsmann has managed to pull out a performance like this in such a big game, in such a hostile away crowd atmosphere, at a time when Bayern Munich are suffering from so much fatigue. Upamecano aside, I would say Nicolas Zula, Benjamin Pavard and Alfonso Davies all did their jobs brilliantly. They were excellent at what they did. They were passing forward and, you know, getting involved in the attack. And they didn't really make any mistakes that I can think of. Like, no real free headers. Maybe one where Araujo managed to get free on the corner in Barcelona, when Barcelona in the first half. But other than that, they were absolutely impeccable and I have no complaints about the defense today. This is the best defensive performance I've seen from Bayern in a very long time, to be quite honest with you. The other thing I should point out that Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann, he started off the team in a 4-2-3-1 and when we were playing against Ronald Koeman's this 3-5-2 that we predicted, it was pretty much exactly what the Barcelona fans on Barca Blaugrounds predicted. And I have to give credit to them. They knew more than what most of the media outlets were predicting. Uh, That just shows that sometimes fans can be more knowledgeable than the uh, people who are paid to cover these games uh, for a living. Anyway, so just to recap, they were playing in 3-5-2. And I would say that Komen did drill them quite well because they were compact and they did keep the lines, the passing channels quite congested to keep Bayern from really passing forward. Instead, whenever Bayern tried to pass forward, it was like hitting a brick wall and we constantly kept getting dispossessed and our best chances honestly came from when we gegenpressed and won the ball back. So Nagelsmann did make some tactical changes at halftime to alleviate that. I'm not exactly sure, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like Bayern played more expansive football in the second half. We used more of the width on display at the pitch. 
like I will tell you something, Barcelona are a t- team that don't really use width all that much. Like La Liga in general, it's not a very wide, you know, wide player oriented league and Barcelona leave a decent amount of space just completely untouched on the left and right wings, which I think Nagelsmann chose to counter by going for a more narrow setup in the first half. But then he decided, okay, no, this isn't this isn't working. And we decided to go with a more expansive wide setup where Alfonso Davies moved further further near the touchline and was getting more space to work with there than compared to the slightly, you know, 5-10 feet inside that he was working in in the first half. I don't have any heat maps or anything to back this up, but it is true that Bayern scored two goals in the second half and were far more dangerous in the second half than we were in the first half. That could also be down to the fact that Barca really looked fatigued. Like, they were getting tired out, just chasing Bayern all over the pitch. I have to credit the boys. They were soldiers in this game. They were absolutely... How how can I even say it? Like, watching this team exhaust me, okay? I cannot understand how these guys have so much stamina. Leroy Sané. Leroy Sané, he started every single game in the international break. And he played a full 90 minutes against RB Leipzig, one of the toughest teams in the Bundesliga. And now he's just played against Barcelona and he's done a wonderful job. I cannot have any complaints about what he did. He should have had a goal, but Marc-Andre Ter Stegen made a wonderful save on his shot. And he was great. He was brilliant. I really like the direction in which Sané is heading. And I have to commend the entire team for their work rate and their pressing today. Even in the second half where they were kind of slowly trying to save energy. And honestly, I think some people made the comment that Bayern were not actually getting out of second gear. And I would agree that Bayern kind of played the entire game on the power saving mode. Like you'd put your phone on when the battery is low. It's... A good decision, I think, by Nagelsmann to do that. And you could see it reflected in the pressing somewhat. Like, there wasn't a high press outside of the first 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes, we pressed Barca high. But after that, we decided to kind of sit back more, allow Barca to come to us. And then when they were in our grips, like, inside our half, then we could just surround them, swarm them, and then get the ball off them. And since they don't have Neo Messi anymore, a guy who can triple past five, six players on his own, since they don't have him anymore, it was a completely viable tactic to do. And it basically limited Barcelona to almost nothing. A team like them, even though I think they might have had more possession than us, their passing statistics were really poor and they were unable to break us down in any meaningful way. That being said, there were some negatives and I will address them as we go along. Like, I will start with Jamal Muziala, who it's hard to say that he was a negative more that I think this was Muziala's most challenging game so far. Like Muziala, he was starting on the right and he was up against Jordi Alba, a very experienced player. And Muziala, he was kind of isolated out there because you had Benjamin Pavard starting at right back and Pavard, I don't want to beat this dead horse anymore but Pavard is not a good attacker okay he's a great defender he had a few good challenges today but to be honest in games like these you need a nice offensive right back to help your winger break down the opposition and Muziala was getting no support and because of that whenever Muziala got the ball he was either bunched up against the touchline where he had no space to work with and he had to pass it back or he was forced to either dribble inside infield and try to 
you know, messy his way through two or three defenders. And he often got through like one or two players, but then the third one would come in and cut him off. And that's one of the biggest problems that Muziala faced today, that he was quite unable to use his talents, his talents including his dribbling skill, his quick release, his quick one-touch passing, overlaps, you know, um, one-twos. He wasn't able to, you know, show us what he really had on store because the setup didn't really allow him. And credit to Barca, they did seem to do their homework and decided to focus at least three defenders on Muziala at any given point to keep him stifled and keep him from linking up with Thomas Muller or Robert Lewandowski in the middle. That being said, Muziala will take this game as a learning experience, I hope, and he will learn how these games, these types of teams need to be broken down, what he should do in these kinds of situations, because often you could see that he was kind of struggling for ideas a little, and he was constantly defaulting back to just going at it, just going into the team, going in wherever he could, and it did come up for him, to be honest with you. He hit the post, and he should have had a goal. I'll be honest, um... I keep saying that, I'll be honest, but Muziala, his base stats are so good that even if he was tactically inept, he would be amazing. Like, his ability to dribble and his ability to quickly touch and release the ball, that is so valuable to this team that he can just move the ball around the defender and then get into a scoring position and get the ball out of his feet in the time it takes you to blink. It's just insane. And that's something that I love about him. The goal he should have had where he shot against the post and Lewandowski tapped it in, it was just, it would have been a spectacular one. Like I'm talking about 10k outposts on our soccer at least. That is something that I really wanted to see him score from, but too bad he was subbed off in the end, near the end, and I think it was a good decision by Nagelsmann to sub him off because he's too young to be playing full 90s day in, day out at this age. And I will say that this was one of Muziala's toughest games from a tactical perspective so far. I think this is going to be the one of the learning games for him and he's going to use this to understand how he deals with these tough situations in a more tactical manner rather than focusing solely on his own physical and technical capabilities. The other thing that was a problem for us was the attack in general, and I did say that Bayern were in kind of an energy-saving mode, and that was reflected the most in the attack, because Robert Lewandowski and Thomas Muller weren't involved very much at all, and this has been a bit of a pattern under Nagelsmann that we mostly do our stuff on the wing and allow Lewandowski and Muller to just move around, do their runs, do their all of their, you know, pressing, harassing defenders, drawing defenders away. It's a little bit of a waste, I think, because these two are capable of so much more. They are capable of link-up play, hold-up play, and I don't think those assets are being used by Nagelsmann at the moment. He's focusing too much of the responsibility onto the wings and not enough on the two amazing men he has in the center. And I hope that he fixes that as the season wears on because he's leaving a lot of talent on the table. I know it's weird to say this, given that Thomas Muller scored one goal and Robert Lewandowski scored the two others. But Nagelsmann should be using them more. Like, he should be doing more with them. Like, Alfonso Davies seems to be the most key player in Nagelsmann's system at the moment. But instead of that, he should be, like, focusing on how he can get Thomas Muller involved, how he can get Thomas Muller back to assisting regularly and scoring more goals, something that he did often at Pep, under Pep Guardiola. And that is something that's currently missing from the game 
that we see under Bayern Munich. And that's one of the reasons why the attack also feels very, I will say, non-threatening, even though our XG is consistently high and our um, attacks, we have good shots, we always pass the eye test, but there is something quite missing compared to the Hansi Flick era, and everyone noticed it. And there is that, you know, that small X factor that Nagelsmann can't quite grasp at the moment that Bayern Munich needs to have, that you Pinkus's team and Hansi Flick's team had that little bit of you know wow factor that really really pushes a good attack into world class and that's kind of missing from Bayern at the moment. Um, that is pretty important, I suppose, the attack. But the one thing that I will say is that while the attack was flagging, it was serviceable. Okay, three goals against Barcelona in a very defensive formation away from home in the Camp Nou. That's a very good you know. Um, a very good output by our attack. The same cannot be said for our midfield. Now, I understand that our midfield was completely and utterly outnumbered by the Barca 3-5-2, and not only was it the 3-5-2, instead of playing Oscar Mingueza at right back like we expected, Coman opted for Sergio Roberto, who is more of a midfielder as well. So it's kind of like a 3-5-2, but like four midfielders and one wingback, instead of a normal three midfielders and two wingbacks. So... I'll say that Kimmich and Goretzka had a very tough time. Goretzka especially, he was missing passes. And Kimmich, you could see that the fatigue was getting to him. He made a very stupid foul in the first five minutes or so that got him a yellow card. And he had to pay in a more subdued fashion for the rest of the game. And part of that, I would say that it's down to Michael Oliver. You know, he he was just so erratic. You couldn't expect anything from him. I think Oliver should have sent off Gavi. In, for the, in the second half for a challenge on Upa, but I digress. The thing is that our midfield has not looked good this season, and I think Nagelsmann is sort of to blame. The midfield has to be... I mean, I get that they're fatigued. These guys have played international games. Kimmich has been playing non-stop since the very start of the season. No rest whatsoever. Full 90, full 90, full 90. No, no nothing. But... With Boham coming up, I think that it's a good time for these guys to get rested because, and for Nagelsmann to also think about how he wants to change up his midfield and how he wants to make it better. Because at the moment, it feels very congested and it's also feeling like we are trying to bypass it too often and just go straight to our ball carriers on the wings. And I get that ball carriers on the wings are very important, but Bayern can't survive with just ball carrying on the wings and with just Alfonso Davies and Muziala and Sane getting the ball to Lewandowski and Muller in the center. It's cutting out a lot of talent on the pitch and it's not using everything that Bayern has effectively at the moment. I get that it's a very direct style of play, but direct doesn't always mean good. Sometimes it means that you are a little bit, you know, stifled and you're very predictable if you always go direct. That is really all I had to say today. I want to keep this short because there is not much to say. Barcelona are in a crisis right now. They are not that good. And that too, they played us today after um, two weeks plus an extra long um, break due to the fact that their La Liga schedule, the La Liga fixture this weekend got cancelled. And even so, they looked almost dead out there by the end of the game. And that's kind of concerning for them, I think. I don't think that this was a good show by Coman, even though he did put up a good defensive performance. And 3-0 isn't as bad as 8-2, but... Honestly, it was a very dire match to watch and I can understand the frustration of the fans of the Camp Nou and the fans who comment on SB Nation's Barca Blaugrants. You guys, you have complete um, 
you are completely justified in being against this manager because this was a very negative Barcelona team and that's not something you want to see at all. I think the next game at the Allianz Arena might be a more even affair because Barcelona will have Serginio Dest, Osman Dembele and Ansu Fati back in the lineup and that's one of the games that might actually be more representative of what this Barcelona team can do. But as long as Coman's in, I don't know what they're actually their tactical direction will be. But that's a story for another time. We can talk about it later. For now, I think we've crossed 17 minutes and I think that's more than enough for today. Uh, this was I Need No Name and thank you for listening to the Bavarian Podcast Works post-game show. Remember, we have plenty of coverage of this game on our site, including a wonderful community to discuss it. As always, share this podcast with whoever you know that would like to listen to this and we will see you for the next game. Good night.